Next on BYU Sports Nation, I still can't believe that happened. What BYU sports moment still has you shrugging in disbelief? Bronco Mendenhall has strong scheduling comments at Virginia why you won't see him at a Provo airport anytime soon. Plus, we are joined by a former BYU Batcat, now Major League Baseball scout. Why the hesitation on BYU guys? Blake Crosby joins us. Let's go! This is BYU Sports Nation, brought to you by the BYU Store, simulcast on BYU-TV and BYU-Radio. Now, from Studio B, here's Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan. BYU Sports Nation is live, your day-to-day play-by-play in Studio B, presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. Hope you're enjoying your Monday, June 11th, wherever and however you're connected. Great to have you with us. I'm Spencer Linton, teamed up with a man who Ed Eyestone should have recruited a bit more carefully, Jerem Jordan. Well, I thought by not recruiting me out of Copper Hills for cross country, he was smart because I didn't go to practice, but I was on the varsity because we weren't that good. I am confident that Ed Eyestone could have inspired even you to go to practice. Probably, uh, but not for long. (laughs) I would have gone a couple times. I just don't like running, like without a goal. Like I love running in basketball. Does that make sense? But not just straight up running. You need to be doing something while you. I run. need. I need a metal rim at the end, and then I can get buckets. Right? No, while I'm, I run. I'm the same way. Totally understand. Like running drills while playing basketball, like layup drills, full sure. court layup drills. Sure. It, just something to spice it up a little bit. So I have great respect for those who run marathons and like really long distance. I'm like, wow, that takes. And short distances, for that matter. But it it takes a lot of mental strength to just run for a long time. Like, when people run marathons, I'm like, that's incredible. Like, that anyone runs a marathon is unbelievable. Yeah, and those that excel at that, that's next level. Or Jared Ward, Ed Eyestone, as you mentioned. Next level stuff. Ed Eyestone has a handful of All-Americans after the weekend. We'll have details on that loaded show on a Monday We'll talk to a Major League Baseball scout, former BYU baseball player, about why there's maybe some hesitation on BYU guys in the Major League Baseball draft. I drafted one last year, Maverick Buffo. Yeah, so why Maverick Buffo, but not others, like Brock Hale? Interesting stuff. We talked to all 32 teams, then. Uh, yeah, we'll, we'll <laughs> dive into that a little bit. With that said, all rise and shout. It's time for What's Trending. You're talking about it, and so are we. It's What's Trending on BYU Sports Nation. Former BYU football head coach Bronco Mendenhall. Maybe you've heard of him. I remember him. Recently quoted as saying, I want to play the worst Power 5 team that we, Virginia, can play, end quote, in reference to the Cavaliers' mandated non-conference Power 5 scheduling requirement. Which is one game, one Power 5. Because they are in a Power 5 conference, which brings their season total every year to nine Power 5 games. Mm-hmm. Jerem, should BYU follow Bronco Mendenhall's Virginia scheduling theory and schedule more winnable games? Yes. I think BYU should aim to get 10 wins every couple of years. Not that they aren't now, but they're scheduling too tough, right? The, the schedules that BYU is putting together right now are not conducive to that, given where BYU is at in, in the way they're playing. I'm not saying get a group of five schedule. That's not what I'm saying. I'm saying a strong independent schedule with three to four power fives, three to four good G5s, a Boise State, a Northern Illinois, and so on, and then four to six winnable games to ensure you go to a bowl game. But you have a chance of something that matters because you know what doesn't matter? 
If you're not a Power 5 team and you win nine or fewer games, you don't really matter. I mean, you could have temporary relevance by snipping one big game against a a Power 5 team. Sure, you'll get on some radars. But when the season's over, you know why people are talking about UCF? Because they didn't play anybody until late. They beat Memphis and Auburn, and they didn't lose to anybody because they didn't really play anybody. In league, out of league, they played two ranked teams all year. So then they become relevant. More winnable games for BYU. I'm not saying downgrade to like a level one out of five schedule. I'm saying, can we just go to level three instead of level four or five? Then they're more winnable games. Bronco Mendenhall lived this at BYU playing as an independent. And it may have tired him out, frankly. In 2013, BYU played seven power five teams. A lot. Eight and five. And that was a good record against that schedule. That said, he's in an entirely different situation now because he has eight built-in Power Fives in one of the Power Five conferences. And it's all about what is your goal as a program right now. Amen. What is the goal? For Virginia, it's get to a bowl game consistently because they haven't done that in decades. They got back to a bowl game. So he's just trying to get Virginia back to six wins and go to a bowl game in back-to-back years. So I totally understand why he wants Kansas or Iowa State, or whoever, to come to Charlottesville and play that required Power 5 game. Also, stay healthy. Uh, Because he's in such a different ballgame, it's hard for me to compare it to BYU, but the idea is just bring it down a notch. Instead of Wisconsin's and Washington's on a consistent basis early in the season, why not more of the Arizona-Cal-type games? I'm cool with uh, Washington, uh, Wisconsin, but not both, and not both on the road. Or Utah on the road in the same schedule. Really, really difficult. Yesterday, an incredible sports feat occurred. In the 4x400 women's final at the NCAA Outdoor Championships in Eugene, Oregon, the USC track team appeared to be out of contention in third place with 100 meters to go. They were back like 15 paces or something. It was over. Then sports happened, Spencer. Kendall Ellis ran a 50-flat split. To catch Purdue at the tape. If you haven't seen this, you have to go watch And it. win the national championship. It was incredible. So we ask, what is your, I still can't believe that moment, that that happened, BYU Sports moment? There are a lot. Uh, most recently, it has to be the back-to-back Hail Mary finishes in 2015. That was bonkers. One for the drama and the devastation of... Taysom Hill being injured again at Nebraska to only have a true freshman come in months off his mission, Tanner Mangum, and chuck it up to Mitch Matthews to win at Nebraska and snap a 30-year home opener win streak for the Cornhuskers on ABC, number one on SportsCenter's top 10. Amazing. Then Tanner Mangum follows it up with fourth and seven against Boise State on your home field in your home opener, and the shortest guy on the field comes down with it. Back-to-back Hail Mary weeks. That was unforgettable. And, I I mean, what are the odds of one of those happening? But in back-to-back weeks, that is crazy. When the Boise State play happened, I thought the rapture was occurring. I was like, take me now. (laughs) Like, Like, take me now. This is incredible so much energy in the stadium it i was felt that much so energy awesome. in lavelle edwards stadium Pro- before that it was probably oh, 
Oh, I don't know. And I wasn't at the game. Probably 2001 when Staley took the pitch from Doman and scored I mean, to go ahead. I mean, 07, 09 against Utah. Those were some oh, yeah, incredible yeah, moments yeah. as well. Um, 2013 against Texas. There were there was there have been some good ones, right? Wow. Mine is mine is not so positive. Mine is negative. Taysom Hill getting hurt three years in a row. 14, oh. 15, 16. I still can't believe that happened, especially the 2014 one. You know, when it was it was four and five or six years there. 2014, BYU's ranked 19th, undefeated, 4-0. Hadn't really played anybody, so they were undefeated. You see what happens there? I'm trying to make my point every day on the show. Some of you are sick of it. I don't really care. BYU's 4-0, number 19. Taysom Hill gets hurt, and BYU loses four in a row, and that season goes down the drain when it could have been a special one. And that was the same dude that in 2012, Brian Sweet, a safety, that injured Taysom Hill. Then in 2015, non-contact injury. Then 2016, he gets hurt. Taysom Hill gets hurt again against Utah State. This time it's his elbow. But we saw him play almost 12 full games. Three season-ending injuries against Utah State. (sighs) Like, incredible. I still can't believe that happened. Taysom Hill, one of the most underused careers, if you will. Like, we didn't see him fully, fully blossom. We saw him one full season, 2013. Are you kidding me? That's still the weirdest game I've ever been to in 2014. Oh, the vibe was so bad. <laughs> because you're retiring Jim McMahon's number at halftime. I, it's supposed to be this glorious moment. I felt bad for Jim. Because the vibe was like, there goes the season. It's so weird. Fun fact, I was walking from sitting with my wife for a moment back to the set, and Christian Stewart went in the game, and I was like, wait, why is Taysom Hill not in the game? I never saw it. Oh. And you guys, you guys are like, what? You well, didn't see? Well, like, you've, no. you've seen it plenty in film form. Ugh. Oh. <sighs> Thanks for not showing it, by the way, Control Room. I appreciate that. Well done. In honor, happier things now, (laughs) happier things. In honor of Justified's Triple Crown win, second undefeated horse to ever win the Triple Crown, by the way. What a weekend. Jerem, what is your greatest BYU sports Triple Crown achievement? Okay, my first thought is a thing called the Triple Crown in cross country and track, and this was done by one Ed Eyestone. Edwin R. Eyestone at uh, the, the BYU. A second mention in the first 10 minutes. Wow. Is he uh, paying for this or what? He won the cross-country championship, and then in track he won the 5K and the 10K. That is the triple crown in cross-country and track in the NCAA, and Ed Eyestone won it in uh, 1985. So Why do uh, we not have his picture with the Patrick Swayze hair up? Like when he was an athlete? Yeah. <laughs> what an accomplishment for Ed Eyestone uh, in 1985. Oh, there's a reason he was an Olympian. I want, yeah, I want, uh, and it was around 1984. That was a championship time for Brigham. Yeah, that's pretty good. Uh, for me, it is my guy Ty Detmer. The Triple Crown in 1990. First of all, in game number two, a lot of people forget that. Miami was, played the, a game. was the second game of that season. Also, BYU was ranked when they played Miami. It's not like BYU is some slouch. Ranked 19th. He beats number one ranked Miami. The Cougars vault in the rankings. He continues to play at such a high level, he wins the Davey O'Brien, given to the nation's best quarterback. And then he caps it off by winning the Heisman Trophy as the best all-around athlete in college football. That, my friends, is a triple crown achievement for BYU. That's legit. And we all love Ty the player, right? Like, I might as well put a T up on Y Mountain for that guy. You love, beat number Ty. one. These highlights are fun to watch. You win BYU the Davey O'Brien. You win the Heisman. You take care of business in the whack, no problem. You crush Utah. Always good. I miss that. Uh, Ty Detmer, just incredible career, right? Awesome. Uh, do you know who has the most w- Davey O'Brien awards? Any, uh, 
colleges? Oh, it's BYU. The BYU. It? Yeah, it's BYU. The Y. Take that, you. Tomorrow in Singapore, United States President Donald Trump and North Korean Supreme Leader Kim Jong-un <laughs> will meet in a summit some thought unheard of and impossible a few months ago when they traded jabs about nuclear war. Okay. I don't know what kind of jabs you trade, we, but mine aren't about we're nuclear diving, war. Typically. We're diving in deep today. So, Spencer, what is the BYU peace summit that you want to see happen? <laughs> There you didn't know so where many. I was going with that, did you? <laughs> there are so many. Uh, I got a big list, so hurry up. Max Hall and all Utah fans. <laughs> That's the piece like summit, summit I want to have. You have it at Iggy's. Jake Heaps could host it. <laughs> Zach Stout and Max Robert. Hall and all Utah fans coming together. That's as unbelievable as the situation you just lined up. Yeah, pretty wild, right? Yeah, if... Uh, the old BYU quarterback, last one to beat Utah, could get together with all the fans in a town hall meeting. and That's not going to go well, though. One versus that crew. <laughs> all these Pac-12 <laughs> stickers in the parking lot on the car. Bring it, bring it to peace, man. Yeah, I got a bunch. Here we go. Kay. Dave Rose and Randy Bennett in the postgame handshake line. Randy Bennett is the worst in that line. Wait. It's like stop and shake and acknowledge that you lost. Come on, dog. <laughs> Cougar board and whatever Utah has for that. Me and the scheduling philosophy with BYU football. <laughs> That's not going to happen. BYU men's hoops in a tournament title in Vegas. Larry Chris Kobiak and Nicholas Emery. We weren't kidding. We're already like five down the list. Jonathan Tavernari and Steve Alford. You remember that? That was fun. Marshall <laughs> Henderson and Jackson Emery. Ty Detmer and the ref he cursed at with the live mic as a player. I don't you even remember that? that. Remember that story? I don't That's even remember one. that. What? He cursed. Chad Lewis and anyone who won't agree to let him hurdle them. Arkansas State looking at you. And UTEP. And UTEP. The Tulamili and the Sam Boyd Stadium carpet. Oh, man. I want See, a reconciliation there. And, and good vibes until you brought that one up. The BYU fan and the Utah cheerleader in 99. Now, Remember see, the BYU I, fan that jumps out of the stands and got pummeled by I the Utah cheerleader? I think that needs to be close to the top of your list. Yes, it should. Uh, the parachuter at the Wisconsin game in the wall <laughs> last year. Those two, yeah! those two need to chat. Okay. That was so weird watching him fly, and I'm like, I don't think he's going to be okay. Oh! <laughs> yeah, no! That, that was some pregame fodder for us. Yikes. And then uh, BYU and Memphis. They need to uh, reconcile as well. Oh, of course you saved that one for last. Yeah. So, there, I mean, there are like a gajillion ones uh, in terms of reconciliation that need to happen. The but, uh, BYU Peace just taste. Summit. <laughs> the BYU Peace Summit. <laughs> I like that we somehow compared Utah to Kim yeah. Jong-un, too. <laughs> That's oh, so unfair, yet accurate in a way. Our question of the day, not dealing with the Peace Summit. <laughs> rather, what is your greatest I still can't believe that happened moment in BYU sports? Wait. At 86 WIQ, how about Peace Accord between Big 12 Conference and Tom Homo? Oh, Bob Bowlesby and That's Tom. That's a good one. Yeah. That's a good okay, one. Well, well played. Done. Well done. Well played. Let's uh, hear more from the Voice of the Nation. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. I mean, if you feel like it, you can sound off on the Peace Summit, too. Sound off on whatever you want. There's no limit to the responses that you can send in on social media. Exactly. Yeah, just do it. Hashtag BYUSN, Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. First response in from at Carson M. Bennett, too. The Taysom Hill hurdle versus Texas as his I can't believe that happened moment. Okay, Brian Logan went sprinting up the hallway. So funny. Like, he had he never ran faster as a player than that moment. 
One in, of the best things shoes. I've ever seen in the BYU <laughs> broadcasting facility. Brian Logan just screaming at the top of his lungs and running from one end of the hall to the other. Also, I saw Brian Logan's autograph in like a stand at Art City Days over the weekend, and it was 15 bucks. I was like, oh, Brian Logan's autograph's worth at least 15000 This is grossly underpriced. Brian Logan's autograph is also it, in J-Dogs. Brian Logan's the man, dude. We're not in J-Dogs. Nice job, B-Lo. Gregor Bell, Brian Logan, they're One in J-Dogs. Day. One day. Not calling you out, but kind of. <laughs> Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, send in your responses on social media for Voice of the Nation. Coming up, the NCAA is adding bowl games, but how many? Do we have to discuss that? I think Ben wants us to talk about it. And next, Major League Baseball scout Blake Crosby joins us, former BYU baseball player. What happens with... The return missionary aspect. Why can't guys at BYU get more of a fair shake? This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. BYU Football Media Day is coming up Friday, June 22nd, right here on BYU TV and BYU Radio. Catch programming throughout the day. We are halfway through to Media Day in the month. Day 11, day 22 coming up. Can't wait for BYU Football Media Day. BYU Sports Nation simulcast on BYU TV and BYU Radio. The conversation rolling on social media. There are endless opportunities for you to sound off. Follow at BYU Sports Nation on Twitter and Instagram. Hashtag BYUSN whenever, however you would like to converse with us. We would like for you to answer this question of the day. What is your greatest I still can't believe that happened moment in BYU sports? At Ames Flames. Beck to Harleen with no time left on the clock. One of the greatest plays, if not the greatest play. I think it's number two in BYU history. Five years ago, it was voted number one by the fans. Yes, we did, uh, we did a show, Top 50 Greatest Plays. that uh, We let the fans vote for the top ten. We need to update that. We need to do an updated version of that. Are you giving me more work to do? No, I'm oh, not okay. saying it has to be you. <sighs> Maybe we do it as a BYU Sports Nation. I don't know. Good idea. Let's Something. Do it. Love the ideas that come out in the moment. I just started right? getting all this stress thinking about producing now. <laughs> no stress. And uh, no stress for our first guest of the day, Blake Crosby, National Supervisor of Scouting for the Toronto Blue Jays, joins us on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Blake, nice to have you on the show. Thanks for having me on, guys. How are you doing? Great. Hey, from one BYU guy to another, uh, thanks for allowing my Baltimore Orioles to score all of three runs <laughs> against your Toronto Blue Jays over the weekend. That was really nice of you. Yeah, no, you know what? We, uh, we got on track there this past weekend, so it was good. It was good to see the guys go out and, and have a good couple of days, and hopefully we can kind of keep that rolling now uh, throughout the season. Blake, you played at BYU, and here you find yourself as uh, the national supervisor of scouting for the Blue Jays. Walk us briefly through the path from playing at BYU to how you got where you are today. Yeah, so I uh, yeah, so played at BYU in, in 06, and then actually at the time, um, that was when my older brother Bobby was playing for the Oakland A's. And I knew that I always wanted to work in baseball, um, you know, and kind of going through college and those kind of things. Um, I decided that you know, I'd have a lot more opportunities, you know, kind of out West being closer to my brother, um, learning from, you know, guys like Billy Bean and David Force and, you know, Farhan Zaidi. And so that's why I actually ended up transferring uh, over to Sacramento state. And so I played there for, for three years, um, you know, got drafted, you know, my, after my senior year, I was, you know, I was an older senior. I was 24 years old at the time. Um, 
you know, but I really feel like in that, those three years, I mean, I got to spend a lot of times with a lot of quality baseball people. And it was one of those things where, you know, look, you, you kind of had to take a look at the future and say, you know, where, where it's going to be best for my opportunity and my career going forward. Um, with that being said, I, I loved my time at BYU. I loved the, the people I knew there. Um, still have a passion for the school. And, and actually, if you're asking me, you, you know, you guys are talking about your question of the day. You know, when BYU Sports Nation, that's, that's my biggest highlight when that started in 2013. So that's my biggest highlight for BYU Sports. Nice, Blake. You can join us anytime you want, like any day. I don't want to talk about the Orioles. I want to talk about my Mariners more. But that is, yeah, that is, you still can't believe it. That's, yeah. That's great stuff. Fantastic. Uh, you brought up Billy Bean and one of yeah. our favorite movies, Moneyball. It's a classic. Yeah. Are you more Brad Pitt or like the other <laughs> scouts in that movie? Uh, I, I, I can promise you, I can tell you what my wife hopes I was, um, <laughs> but, you know, but no, you know what? I mean, I guess in that actual film, I'd be, you know, one of the scouts in the room. Um, you know, that's kind of what I'm doing now. I, I would say, you know, from the time that that movie was made to, to now that you know, there's been a lot more that's come into play with, you know, the analytics and, you know, track man, different things that we're doing, you know, to evaluate talent. Um, you know, with that being said, it's always interesting for me to watch Moneyball just because I, I mean, I know Billy personally and, you know, it's, it's, it's always just interesting to see him portrayed. I mean, um, knowing Billy and the career that he's, the, the career that he's had, um, and the person he is, I mean, I, I can't look up to him and say enough about him. Um, so it's, it's always interesting for me to, to watch that and hear people's perception of him. How much do advanced metrics play into what you do now? Because it was like this whole thing with like war and whatnot. Obviously, people are familiar with on-base percentage from Moneyball. It's way more than that. But now you have exit velocity and spin rate for pitchers and whatnot. So not all high schools and colleges have these metrics per se, the stat right. cast and whatnot. So how do you reconcile what you see with your eye versus what you see on paper? Well, I mean, look, I can only speak for you know our organization, and I think – you know, working under, you know, our scouting director, Steve Sanders, I mean, he does as good a job as anybody in the business of doing it. I mean, he takes in all the information that we have, you know, from an analytic standpoint, from a scouting standpoint, um, from a makeup and character standpoint. Um, and we kind of blend all those things together. And, you know what, and then we'll line up a board and we'll talk about these players and we'll analyze them. And, and so, so there's just a lot of things that go into the evaluation. Um, like you were saying, I mean, it is tough on the amateur level because, you know, you go scout a, a high school kid in, you know, Arkansas and they may not have, you know, track man or any, or any of those things. So a lot of, a lot of on the amateur side is going to come back to, you know, the scout, the pure scouting evaluation. But I think on the college side, um, there's really been some good advances. And as far as the track man and the data that we pitch data that we can use. Um, so it's really kind of blending all of the information. And then at the end of the day, um, you know, trusting the process that you've gone through and, and make the best selection. Blake Crosby, National Supervisor of Amateur Scouting for the Toronto Blue Jays with us on BYU Sports Nation. What is your typical day like as a National Supervisor of Amateur Scouting? Well, you know, I mean, I travel a lot, so I, I can't tell you where I'm waking up every day. <laughs> you know, so you know, I'm in a different state or different city each and every day. Um, especially, you know, the crazy time is, you know, January to June, um, as we're getting prepped for the draft, um, you know, up at, throughout the morning, you know, I'm usually writing reports or watching video or, you know, reading notes that some of our other scouts have put into our computer system. Um, just collecting as much information as I can 
obviously, you know, you're going to the games and you're scouting and you're evaluating, um, you know, and then honestly, besides that, I mean, there, there's a lot of free time too. I mean, you, you have a lot of time to, you know, sometimes explore the cities that you're in. Um, you know, for myself, I'm, I'm kind of a movie buff. So I like to watch movies and, and hang out because so, you gotta have, you gotta have a little fun too. Um, but as far as, you know, the scouting life, I mean, it's, it, it's fun. It's, it's rewarding. And, um, you just, you wake up every day, not really knowing where you're going to be and who, you know, what player you're going to see. And it just it gives you a passion to work every day. What are some of the best uh, stadium foods you've encountered? And I'm hoping you say <laughs> the uh, grasshoppers in Safeco Field. <laughs> you know what? I actually I haven't had the grasshoppers at Safeco. You know, and so it, actually in my job, I mean, I'm I'm doing a lot more of the high school and college. So I I guess that's kind of where my my mind tends to go. I mean, so I'm a I'm a big fan of you know Cal Poly San Luis Obispo. They have those tri-tip sandwiches um, that I like to like to crush on occasion. Um, you know, but besides that, I mean, as far as stadium foods, um, you know what, Petco Park down in San Diego is really good. They have really good foods. I mean, you got a lot of good uh, Mexican eats down there. So um, I think just about every stadium now in Major League Baseball has good food. But I guess now i got to try the grasshoppers up at Safeco. <laughs> or don't. You know, it'll be all right. Challenge <laughs> issued, Blake. I, I mean, I, I go to the Northwest a lot. I'll, I'll be honest. I'm, I'm usually looking for fish and clam chowder up there. I'm not usually looking for grasshoppers. But, you know, I guess I'll, I'll do that next time. BYU baseball encounters some interesting uh, obstacles, if you will, when it comes to landing post-mission guys, older guys in the major leagues, yeah. because you're looking at such young players to grow and develop within minor league systems. What's the biggest hurdle that a BYU baseball player, especially those that went on a mission, uh, have to overcome to get their shot in the big leagues? Well, I mean, look, and I, and I speak from, you know, experience from it. it it's tough, you know, and, and especially for, you know, a position player, you know, you're taking two years off. You know, so that's two years away from, you know, at bats, it's two years away from ground balls. And so really your the biggest challenge is your development clock is, you know, the fact that, you know, these kids that are, you know, going right into college and they're playing when they're 19, 20 years old, you know, you know, you're out on your mission and, and really not playing at all or doing any type of physical activity. So really that's the tough part. And then from a, you know, a player development standpoint, you know, I mean, you look at, the majority of major league players, I mean, their prime years are going to be, you know, somewhere in their late twenties to early thirties. And, you know, for some of the kids that do go on missions, um, you know, they come back and by the time they're drafted, usually it's, you know, it's 23, 24 and, you know, and they still got to go through, you know, the minor league process, a single a double a triple a, you know, so is there times where it can be, be sped up because, you know, Hey, a guy goes into minor league ball and he, he goes off and he, you know, doing everything that he needs to do to advance. Yeah, sure, that happens. I mean, we've seen it, you know, just recently with, you know, guys like, you know, Jacob Hanneman. And, um, but at the same time, you know, this is where it kind of gets into that area of like, look, baseball is one thing and life's another. And, you know, I, I look back on my time, you know, being on a mission and I wouldn't trade it for anything that I did in the world, you know? And so, so yeah, would it have been nice to have those two years of baseball? Sure. But I look at my mission and said, you know what, that's, it's the best thing I have ever done in my life. So that's a mission. How about marriage? Can that be a pro or a con to a scout if a player's married? You, you know what? I, 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 I hate speaking for everybody because, you know, um, I, I don't know what everyone's take is on that. Um, but for me personally, it, it really depends on, it really depends on the spouse, you know, because look, 
you know, I had a great experience with a kid named Taylor Cole at BYU. Um, you know, and when he was pitching at BYU, I got to know him and his wife, Madeline. And, you know, in getting to know those two and getting to see how they work together and how they operate and the fact that Madeline was fully supporting Taylor behind his goals no matter where he was in the minor leagues. And that was just a couple that, frankly, I, I just couldn't bet against. Um, you know, now there's been times where, you know, you've met couples and you're like, man, I, I really think that this they might struggle a little bit because maybe she wants to, to go on and do a different part of life or maybe he wants, you know, something in life that probably is not going to jive with, you know, with baseball. Um, but, again, for a guy like, you know, Taylor and his wife Madeline, I mean, for me, they were the ideal married couple, and I, I just I wouldn't bet against them. Blake, let's finish with this. What's the perception of the BYU baseball program right now in the major leagues? You know what? It's, it's strong. Um, I, I can't say enough good things about what Mike Littlewood is, has done coming over to BYU. Um, you know, I remember the time when, uh, you know, when, when Vance Law was, was out as the coach and, and they were looking for candidates. And I, in my mind, you know, having scouted the area, I, and to myself, I said, you know, look, there wouldn't be anybody better for this job than Mike Littlewood for what he was doing down at Dixie. Um, you know, he's a BYU alum. You know, his demeanor, the way that he, he coaches, the way that he handles players, the way that he prepares them for professional baseball. I, I mean, I could go on and on about the quality attributes of, of Mike Littlewood. So, and I think that, that that view is shared by just about everybody in Major League Baseball. Blake, it's been great to have you on BYU Sports Nation. Uh, we'll do it again. Your compliment earned you at least one more trip to the show. <laughs> All right, guys, anytime. You let me know. You got it. Blake Crosby on the Deseret First Credit Union Hotline. Deseret First, your values, your timeline, your financial future. Yeah, super cool to see a former BYU guy in the majors doing things with scouting, which is super cool. And yeah, there are some questions. We wanted to, you know, bounce him off Blake, and he doesn't speak for everybody. He speaks for kind of his views, you know. But why a guy like Brock Hale wouldn't be drafted? We're trying to figure out why like, he didn't go. Was it that he's married, that he went on a mission? Like, other guys have been married and gone on a mission that have gone so we're just we'd have to pull out 32 teams frankly to really get the answer and no one's probably going to say it but it was just a bummer that Brock Hale yeah. didn't go but insightful stuff about kind of what is being looked at and perceived from those angles sure sure yeah. okay coming up Bronco Mendenhall doesn't want to come back to BYU is that a big deal or no deal <laughs> there there are so many things I want to follow up on uh, that statement with <laughs> <laughs> And what is your I still can't believe that happened moment? More from the voice of the nation. This is BYU Sports Nation. BYU Sports Nation friends, welcome back on a Monday. Spencer Linton and Jerem Jordan in Radio Vision live on BYU Radio, national simulcast on BYU TV. As always, we are on demand anytime, anywhere. And we now would like to present your top BYUSN stories. It's your BYU Sports Nation headline. Eight different BYU Cougars earned All-American honors at the NCAA Track and Field Championships. Andrea Stapleton-Johnson with the karma in the high jump. Kevin Nilsson to Catholic. Connor McMillan. Distance runner Ashton Reiners throwing the javelin. Second team All-American is a true freshman. Matt Owens, Clayson Shumway, and Roy Linkletter and Clayton Young all doing work for Ed Eyestone. Congratulations to all eight. Elijah Bryant will attend a pre-draft workout with the Memphis Grizzlies today. No report as to whether he will be shirtless or not. He also worked out for the Celtics and Nets over the weekend. 
The United States men's volleyball team not hosting a peace summit today, but still doing work internationally. The U.S. go 2-1 over the weekend with wins over Australia and Canada and a loss on Friday to Germany in the Volleyball Nations League. Ben Patch led the U.S. with 18 points in that win over Canada, and Jake Langlois making headlines again. He led the Americans with 12 points in the loss to Germany. Next up for the United States, Serbia on Friday in Chic, Chicago. Yeah, they have... uh... Three matches this week in the States. Go check it out. And former BYU rugby and football player Paula Sike scored a try for Team USA in a 62-13 win over Russia in a test match in Denver on Saturday. The Eagles play Scotland in Houston Saturday. The test match. Yes. Love the V. Such a test. The verbiage. Our question of the day. What is your greatest I still can't believe that happened moment in BYU sports? I just thought of one with uh, Paula Sike. When he absolutely pummeled that dude from Navy. Oh, in rugby. Yes, in oh. ru- in rugby. Oh, my gosh. That kid, I was like, is he okay? <laughs> like, with the Braden Elbakri play, it's like, is that guy all right? And thankfully, he and, was okay. Because if he's not okay, you can't celebrate the hit, right? And it's like, oh, it got real. So yeah. glad yeah. that everyone was okay on those two hits. <laughs> Jeez. <laughs> Let's go back to the Voice of the Nation and hear more from you. This is the Voice of the Nation on BYU Sports Nation. I still can't believe that happened. I don't know, for whatever reason, I have the I can't believe it's not butter commercial in my head as I read that. <laughs> Are you hungry? Is that why? Maybe. maybe. Your stomach was growling pre-show. Did you eat breakfast? I had I had a uh, like a protein bar, so I should be all right. I said, have you eaten breakfast? That's not, a, that did you have breakfast. a protein bar? That can be bar. breakfast, right? Weigh in on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook, hashtag BYUSN, at DYoung1993, and on the Twitter machine. The only right answer is the 1980 Holiday Bowl, down by 20 with just over three minutes left against a team with an outstanding running game. That SMU. Is, Eric Dickerson and Craig James of that SMU team. That's the most unbelievable thing. Did they get free like, cars to play at SMU? Maybe, but that doesn't matter. BYU still won that game. Meanwhile, Visek M was like getting a ride to practice <laughs> in 84. At J. Bucha 31, two times where I lost my mind was the Taysom Leap of Faith. When the play has a name, it's memorable. Oh, yeah. And the Mangum Miracle. Yes. The Mangum Miracles? Yeah. Back to back weeks. Yes. Incredible plays. Two of uh, several in BYU history. Kenny Brown in on Facebook. Back to Harleen. Mm-hmm. I was alive and was watching that game. That year made me a BYU fan for life. I'm wondering how old Kenny is based on the I was alive. Yeah, are you 13? <laughs> yeah, so maybe, Ken, maybe Kenny's, let's see, 06, 18. I kid, I kid. He remembers it, so he had maybe to be at 20. least five, right? Yeah, at least. At least I don't remember six. a lot pre-six years old. That was kind of the, like, consciousness start for me. How about you? What's like the age where you're like, okay, I remember things? Yeah, I have uh, pretty vivid memories going back to about kindergarten, first grade. Yeah. So my daughter's five. I'm like, is she not going to remember any of this? Like us hanging out? Everything you've done? Nothing. We'll we'll have no merit. That's why we take pictures. We'll have no merit. (laughs) (laughs) And will we see, Jerem, another I can't believe that happened moment in how many days? Countdown to the Wildcats. 82 days. 82? Who was 82? Was Soren Halliday number 82? Yes, Soren Halliday was number 82. That's the only 82 I can think of off the top of my head. John, by the way, did this thing where he would do jersey math 
Like, okay, uh, Taysom Hill minus Jonah Trenneman equals Kyle Van Noy. <laughs> like four minus one or whatever Jonah was equals this player's jersey number. Does that make sense? Yeah, yeah. But he'd do it with, like, linemen. So it'd get, like, complex, you know, like, oh, uh, James Empey minus Louis Lapuahu equals so-and-so. I was like, whoa, whoa. Things this guy to, on the basketball Things team. to do over the summer. Yeah, exactly. That's one of them. From John Bithway. <laughs> We've got some uh, more outstanding Peace Summit submissions. Now, I love that we had the question of the day. Now we have this kind of alternative question of the day. Yeah. And this is good, so let's get to this. At Kiwi Jackman. Yes. Bryce Harper and BYU Peace Summit. <laughs> Bryce Harper, his his uh, girlfriend, now wife at the time, t- played BYU women's soccer in, in uh, 08, the, or t- 2012, the Elite Eight run. He's like on the field celebrating with the fans. He, he was there. Then he's on Major League uh, Baseball Network, and he he's asked about being Mormon in BYU, and he says, there's this misperception that all Mormons have to root for BYU. He's like, I'm a UNLV guy. I hate BYU. And we're like, what? <laughs> no, Bryce. Come on, Bryce. Take it back. Fun fact, Ben Patch, former BYU men's volleyball player, took the wedding photos for the Harpers in San Diego while we were down there for the Poinsettia Bowl. <sighs> the ties are amazing, aren't they? I hate ties. I like winning. At Naga Alcacchio one says... Nice. Did I say that right? I don't know. For my peace summit, I propose Bryant Gumble and BYU. <laughs> Bo, Bo Diddley. Diddley Tech. And people were like, what Bo Diddley ever do to you? He's just a <laughs> jazz musician. <laughs> Bo Diddley's like, why am I famous with these people? At Cosmo <laughs> Duck Cougar, TJ Haas and Portland fans <laughs> need to have a peace summit. I mean, he's still going to see them this next year. <laughs> and the year after that, right? <laughs> Not a senior. The soundbite we can't play. <laughs> Keep them coming on Facebook, I was there. Twitter, I and Instagram. That with my own did you eyes. hear it? Well, did I, you? I didn't hear you, it until I saw the highlight. So on Twitter, you're like, oh, okay, that yeah, happened. Yeah. Fun fact: there was a kid that ran around and said the thing that TJ said in the Joseph Smith <laughs> Building in a big lecture <laughs> class and ran out. <laughs> People were like, "What did he say?" I'm gonna let you. Don't worry that about out. it. Coming up, apparently, 40 bowl games is not enough. We need more. Really. Really? Plus, Bronco Mendenhall still doesn't want to come back to BYU. It's a loaded statement. (laughs) Big deal, no deal up next. This is BYU Sports Nation. (laughs) BYU Sports Nation is presented by the BYU Store, the official outfitter of BYU fans everywhere. We will have a two-hour BYU Sports Nation on BYU Football Media Day coming up Friday, June 22nd from 12 to 2 hours. If one is good, two is better. It's coming up on June 22nd. Live from Studio B, this is your day-to-day BYU Sports play-by-play. Spencer Linton, Jerem Jordan hanging out. Our daily BYUSN rebroadcast airs every weeknight on BYU TV at 6 p.m. Eastern. Our question of the day, what is your greatest I-still-can't-believe-that-happened moment in BYU sports, this is in relation to what we witnessed in the 4 by 400 relay that USC track and field had to pull off an incredible comeback in to win the national championship. Sparked this whole idea. At Matt Pat Speaks says, going old school, Ainge coast to coast against Notre Dame. Probably the greatest basketball play in BYU hoops history. Yeah, what's better I don't than know that? The... To send BYU to the Elite Eight? Like, don't say Jimmer Fredette half court against Utah. It's like, that was a half time. This got BYU to the Elite Eight, 48 team tournament, but a huge win over Notre Dame. Are you kidding me? Digger uh, Phelps, Orlando yes. Woolridge. Yes. Nice.
Yeah, highlight that, Digger. Let's go. <laughs> With your lime green highlighter. <laughs> How many years later? 37 or something? Yeah, that's true. Right, whatever. <laughs> We're still excited about it. Hashtag BYUS on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram. We'll read more of your responses later in the show. Also, send in your uh, recommended BYU Peace Summit ideas. We've had some uh, really good the, submissions about that as well. The, I still can't believe that happened moment is us talking about Kim Jong-un on this show. Yeah, that, that, that that's happens. what it is for me. That show. <laughs> the elite conversation is still one of Us discussing Kim yeah. Jong-un is a big deal. In fact, we should play Big Deal, No Deal. Big Deal. No deal. Presented by Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. Bring everyone together at visitprovo.org. It's definitely a big deal. Number one, Ben Bagley. Big deal, no deal. Bronco Mendenhall saying he doesn't want to come back to Provo to face the Cougars. Big deal. It wasn't just BYU that he mentioned in, the, in, his, in his quote. It was other UCLA, Boise State. Georgia, I think, um, in there. It's a big deal that he doesn't want to come back. I thought that would be a fun story when he – Came back because I think fans appreciate what Bronco Mendenhall did here, right? It's there's less vitriol and there's more like gratitude, I think, for his time here. Well, and I think after a four and nine season, they're uh, they absolutely appreciate how hard it is to go record. to a bowl game every single year. But I get his point that he doesn't need to play tough non-conference games if he's going to play eight potentially tough ones in the ACC. Yeah, right? he's trying to get out of that BYU game. They already pushed it back to 2021. Now, will that will that game even happen in 2021? I'll be interested. And will Bronco be there? Who and knows? will he even beat Virginia? Who knows? Maybe be somewhere else. Yeah, that that's a big deal. You know, Bronco Mendenhall mentioning BYU specifically, saying he doesn't want to come back and play against the Cougars. Yes, that's a big deal. That will perk the ears up. Number two. Big deal, no deal. BYU track and field brings home five first-team All-Americans from NCAA Nationals. Absolutely, big deal. This is great. I think individually there are a few people, men and women, who did well. I think the bigger deal is that the men finished in 40th. This yeah. was a top-10 team going yeah, in Number there. seven going in. I think that was a disappointing team result, but uh, and the women were 67th. They weren't top 25-ish per se. But I think it's a big deal for those individuals. I do wish the men would have showed better as a team. It's always a big deal to bring home first-team All-Americans. Absolutely. Add that to a growing, lengthy list that Ed Eyestone is continuing to recruit into and uh, add more luster to to that program. BYU track and field doing good things. They're on the up and up. But, yeah, finishing 40th, I mean, Ed's the first to admit it, disappointing team finish. He felt like they had a great chance to score some significant points and finish, you know, top 10. So hopefully bigger and brighter things ahead. Number three. Working on my change up here a little bit. So the scouts, Blake, if you're watching, uh, <laughs> big deal, bigger deal. Paul Lasique scores a try in a test match for USA rugby versus Russia or Ben Patch and Jake Langlois leading the American volleyball team in scoring in two matches this weekend. What do you got, Jerem? These are both big deals. I'll go with uh, the bigger deal being Paul Asike because he's gone back to a sport. The original sport for Patch and Langlois has been volleyball, right? They didn't like go to a sport and then come back to this. Just on those merits. Although Langlois and Patch leading Team USA, the fact that Jake Langlois is on that roster, let alone leads them in kills in a match, is incredible. And then Ben Patch has been one of the best offensive players among Americans in volleyball for a few years now. So I'm not shocked by that. Uh, but Paul Asike. Going rugby, then football, then yeah. back to rugby. He had to shed some weight to get back to rugby. How about that guy? 
get some time with the Chicago Bears. He's got Monday Night Football on his resume, blocking for the Chicago Bears, and uh, John Gruden talking about I like that Paul Lasica, man, just going in there and blocking up front. Like, that happened. And I love now, Paul Lasica. Now he's playing for Team USA. for the Which Eagles. is pretty cool. It's great. Yeah, so, for, I mean, all of it. All of it is amazing. Love to see the former BYU volleyball guys crushing it at the national level, but Paul's journey is amazing. That he got to BYU in the first place, mm-hmm. was a rugby national champion, contributor on the, the first team. national championship his freshman year. Got to the NFL, had some time there, and now he's doing things at the national level with and with USA. the Utah Warriors and Major League Rugby. That's awesome. a crazy journey. Next, big deal, no deal. Brett McMurphy, who will join the program tomorrow, reports that the NCA Competition Committee is expected to add three more bowl games. For the 2020 season, that would bring the total of bowls in 2020 to 43. Okay. 86 teams out of 130 well, currently, and who knows if there will be more by 2020. Right. It's more like, what, 82 because two of those bowl games, will have, well, one of those is extra, I guess. Yeah. Anyway, um, big deal. This gives maybe a 5-7 and seven BYU a shot if it comes to that in the future. I don't know. What are we doing? Why, oh, well, this is, listen, this is, why not, though? This why is not? the everybody gets a trophy mentality. But it's not a big tournament. It's just a bunch of exhibitions, so why not? I don't know. I just like What that. else are you doing in December that you're like, oh, man. BYU went 7-4 and four in 1995 with Steve Sarkeesian and didn't go to a bowl game because there wasn't a bowl game. Different era, right? Right, and I was fine with that because it's – you well, no, at the time we weren't fine with it. We were upset no, that BYU upset, wasn't in like, the bowl game. You have to earn it. And I feel like now you can kind of just meander into a bowl game. This is why you have Power 5 teams show up unmotivated. Like, other teams are excited. The New Mexico States of the world that haven't been to bowl games. Like, they're excited. A lot of these They're excited five to play teams, Utah State. How about that? A lot of these Power 5 teams. <laughs> shots fired across the bow. They, the Power 5 teams are aren't motivated. I don't want to watch unmotivated Power 5 teams in these They're probably unmotivated lower in, tier bowl games. Let's well, reward teams that are excited to be there. In the majority of games, they're probably unmotivated anyways. I can't I don't I can't determine if you're going to be motivated or not if we compete in something. I'm just going to show up and compete. So why not? It's December. I like everyone make a bowl, whatever. No, it it does need to be special in a way because that's been a uh, determinant of whether that season was a minimum, minimally good season or not, making a bowl game. Yeah, good for BYU. I mean, it's a big deal for BYU if they can lock in a scheduled bowl agreement. And listen, BYU has a brand that can help a bowl game grow. See the Holiday Bowl and, and the, Vegas. the Vegas Bowl. Like they've been a big part of the history of those specific bowls. So, yeah, if I'm a bowl creator, I'm looking at BYU and saying, I want them involved because they have a national brand. Myrtle Beach, Chicago, two of the potential three new ones. Chicago sounds terrible in December. Place. Oh, my Go gosh. A warm place, Myrtle please. Beach is, yes. would be dope, yes. dude. Yes. Sign us up. We don't even need to talk to Tom. Just, we're good. Myrtle Beach Bowl, we're good to go in 2023 or whatever. Hey, coming up. Former Cougars with Team USA doing work in volleyball and rugby. We just talked about that. Let's recap it with some more detail. Plus, the elite voice of the nation in response to what is your I still can't believe that happened moment in BYU sports. This is BYU Sports Nation. For me, it was just like Big Deal No Deal is sponsored by the Utah Valley Convention and Visitors Bureau. 
bring everyone together. BYU Sports Nation is brought to you in part by DexterLaw.com for help when you need it most. Shout out to today's guest, Blake Crosby, International Director of Amateur Scouting for the Toronto Blue Jays. Fascinating to hear what BYU baseball has to go through when they're trying to break into the bigs, download the podcast. Unfortunately, we ran out of time for Dennis Pitta. Tomorrow, college football insider Brent McMurphy joins us. If you missed any part of today's show, you can always download the podcast on iTunes or Google Play. Let's whip it. It's time for the Cougar Whip Around. Track and field. Eight Cougars are in All-American honors at the NCAA Track and Field Championship. The men's team finished in 40th and the women in 67th. Basketball. Elijah Bryant will attend a pre-draft workout with the Memphis Grizzlies today, bringing his total to six teams he has done those workouts for. He also recently worked out for the Boston Celtics and the New Jersey Nets over the weekend. Volleyball. The Brooklyn Nets. I'm sorry, Jeremy. The Brooklyn Nets. Oh, what is this, 87? Right. Drazen Petrovic. Team USA went 2-1 and one over the weekend in the Volleyball Nations League. Play wins with uh, wins over Australia and Canada. Lost to Germany. Ben Patch and Jake Langlois both led the Americans in two matches and kills. Rugby. Former BYU rugby national champion and NFL football player Paul Lasique scored a try in a USA rugby 62-13 win over Russia in a test match. In Denver on Saturday, the Eagles play Scotland in Houston this Saturday. Today's Rise and Shout brought to you by Dexter and Dexter. Help when you need it most, DexterLaw.com. Who gets it? Uh, let's go to our USA guys, Jake Langlois, Ben Patch, and Paula C.K. doing work in volleyball and rugby. Team USA, very cool. Yeah. We, I mean, we could see three different BYU volleyball players in the next Olympics. That's, Hopefully. That's amazing. That'd be awesome. The potential is there. That'd be very cool. Question of the day, what's the greatest I still can't believe that happened moment in BYU sports? Our elite voice of the day at Nashville 13, beating number one ranked Gonzaga in yes. the kennel. So good. So good. Amazing. Conversation continues 24-7 on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. For our, Find our audio podcast on iTunes, Google Play, and the TuneIn app. For Jeremy, I'm Spencer. Shout out to Soren Halliday. Later. Later.